Name a career in which you may not have to worry about performance and still get paid, uh, besides the weatherman. Well, of course you expect your broker to perform well, but what if they put your money in the market and the market doesn't perform? 50% chance of rain or sunny skies. Is it time you learned how to keep your principal and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour, featuring Arif Halaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher income strategies with a conservative approach, protecting your principal and your earnings while getting you reasonable gains and reliable income, making you confident of your retirement income planning. Arif Halaby has your answer. Hey, the Total Financial Hour, that's me, Eric Pallaby. Hey, welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour, every every week at this time. Look, we're talking about your family's finances. Isn't it interesting how many times when we get ready to retire, when retirement's part of our lives? Look, remember, there's 70 million baby boomers. And it's interesting that every time you turn around, you're hearing advice from somebody, myself included. We're always giving you some sort of tips or tricks or ideas, things to consider. Today with information being everywhere. It's almost like an information overload. You know, it used to be we would send our kids off to school. We'd say, go find knowledge and bring it back. And we'd sit around on the farm or at the factory or we'd just hang out and wait for three, four, five years. They'd come back and say, let me tell you what I found out. You know, that knowledge base was then transferred to us as a, as a citizenry you know, in a very slow process, you had to go away to these universities, you had to go away to college and return with the knowledge. Today, knowledge comes to you. You could be anywhere, anytime, almost on any corner of the globe, and you have access to nearly everything about everything almost instantly. Now, that, that should tell you that it's no longer about knowledge. That's why I kind of shirk at this idea where universities are charging more and more money, go to some of the top universities. What they're doing, which is kind of, uh, oh gosh, you know, listen, I encourage you to tour it. Why? You got to see where your money's going in spa-like environments, country club-like atmospheres, because it's no longer, hey, we have the best professors with the best knowledge. Well, hold on a second. I'm in the middle of, you know, a hut in Antarctica and I can pull up what last week's uh, lessons were from Harvard or Oxford, Stanford or UCLA. I can pull that up in a minute. No longer did I have to wait for some academic genius to tell me that me or my son or daughter were eligible to get in. We, we weren't at their beck and call anymore. The power has shifted, didn't it? It used to be, please let us come. Please, we want those initials after our name. Please, can we get there? And now knowledge comes to you. I'm sharing this with you because I want you to kind of see how the system and how the industry has changed a little bit. It used to be that we had the knowledge, uh, the financial guys, right? You'd come to us, you'd pay us thousands. Listen, I would spend thousands of dollars a year on software and, and memberships and computers. And I would spend this money for what reason? To have information. Today, you can get it free on Yahoo or Bing or Google. You can get it free. You don't even need to have those same kind of prescription services that I would have, those subscription services. Yeah, prescriptions. Wait, we're going to talk about Medicare in a minute. When you would sit there and those information resources would, would give you the, the knowledge that they wanted you to hear, right? That's the big disruption with the left media, the far left media going out and trying to say things like, well, hey, do you not understand that we are the only real news? Go to some of the different uh, television channels, the cable channels, even ABC, NBC, CBS, click on them, listen to the same story over and over again but from different points of view. Boy, you're going to hear that something's a little different. We're going to cover a little bit of that as we go forward. Also, some big changes in Medicare. Social Security is going to get a pay raise. Surprise. Guess what they're going to do with Medicare as well? You have a question, you have a concern, give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. It's a new number for some of you. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-99-RETIRE or 888-997-3800. Four seven nine nine seven three eight four seven. Okay, look, look. Dennis and I were talking the other day about some of the ideas and about people being broke. We said one of the the biggest issues is this: 
So many financial people will try to tell you, I can make you money for the rest of your life. I can turn you in, you know, a million into two million, five million into ten. You have to ask yourself, if they are that good at it, why aren't they doing it for themselves? Look, I, I know it's a little bit of a challenge. I get it. Everybody's, what is it? The shoe cobbler's kids don't have shoes. Same idea, right? Why is it? Well, understand that in the financial world, it's about, for, for the most part, it's about fees. If they can trick you with the right hand, they'll do something with the left. They speak about one, one set of ideas, and meanwhile, they feed the daylights out of your account. Here's what I'm talking about. Look, there are accounts out there that have things called income riders. If you have a financial professional that's telling you, we just did a case about, we just did a case. In fact, it was one in arbitration on pretty much my first analysis. Uh, you know, I'm, I think I had to write it uh, maybe twice. We had to get into some more detail a little bit more, but, but on the analysis, it was done. Submitted the arbitrator. They caved right away. And this is a huge company with three letters. Big company. All right, get it? What did they have to do? They had to settle. Why? They had to settle because of two reasons. Number one, when they hide fees in these accounts, they don't explain what they are. Now, if at the end you say, hey, I'm buying something, right? Let's, if you go to the grocery store and you fill up your grocery cart full of uh, groceries and you walk through and they say, hey, it's $280, you say, well, okay, I got some steak. I'm pretty good. Got some other idea, uh, items. I, I'm happy. But you wouldn't walk through, pay massive amounts of dollars for the mystery cart right? Oh, oh, I know that I'm going to have food. I just don't know what kind of food. So let's push the shopping cart through, have them charge me a fee. Oh, and surprise, it's just a mystery. So when I say some of these things that I worry about called income riders, I want you to pay attention to them. Here's what they do. They have two calculations going at once. Now, there are free income riders. I like those all day long. Give me something free, I'll take it. As long as there's no strings attached, I'm good. I'm good with it. But when some of these companies will say, we're going to guarantee you 6% return, 8% return, 10% simple compounding, and all you pay is $47 a year. You're like, whoa, hmm, I'll take that. You've heard us talk about the California pension crisis and how horrible that is. I've got an update for you here at the bottom of the hour, uh, an update on how the California pension crisis, if you are expecting or you're receiving a pension, you need to know this information because you have to be prepared. Here's part of it. When you are paying a fee, an income rider fee, they are calculating your money in one side, and it's earning whatever interest. But then in most of these cases, they're charging you a fee based on this income rider, meaning if it goes up, if they're saying you're going to get a fee at 6 7% a year, uh, or you're going to get interest at 6 or 7% per year, here's what they're doing. They're, in, they're increasing their fees 6 or 7% per year. Oh, Eric, I get a guarantee of 7%. No, what the guarantee is that the company will have a pay increase. The broker will have a cost of living increase of 7% per year. When your fees go up, what do you get for it? Oh, oh, Eric, I'm only going to do it for five years. So then I'm going to turn on my income. Fantastic. Are you still paying a fee? Oh, you are. Because look, they say fees, charges, expenses, riders, M&E expenses. Those are all in a normal 401k, in a normal retirement plan at work. There's between 14, 15, and 17, 18 different fees. You think you only know of one. Oh, I have a no-load something. Great, so they work for free? Well, no, they must make something. Ha, the hidden fee. The hidden fee trick. It doesn't matter to me if your broker has a hundred different initials after their name. Then that means they should know better. Look, I, I'm doing this because the, a lady that was here recently, $445,000 in her account. Four hundred forty-five. Her fees were almost $1,200 a month. She's an RN, nurse, works hard, has many other you know, uh, assets, other dollars. And this was her retirement account. And the broker thought it was okay. The financial Wall Street, whatever. I don't know how much the broker makes. It doesn't matter to me. 
If they're newer, they're probably making less money. If they're experienced and have been around and have a bunch of initials, they're probably earning more of that dollars. So you're telling me that in these particular fees, and we called up the companies, not something I'm giving an analysis on. We just, right? You don't want the same person who has a chance to benefit. Oh, you want my account. Look, We'd love to have help your account, but at least what you need to do is find out at Total Financial Solutions when you can come to our office. We will meet you at different locations. We have a couple different offices, right? We'll meet you. Go over. We make a phone call. At least you will know. Hey, and because we make that phone call and because we sit down and we tell the client or, or the company, you know, give us the answers. Tell us what these numbers are because you think as an educated person, your job is to go through – and say, okay, how am I going to continually, right? How am I going to continually support me and my family? Why? Right, so people go off to college. You know, we talked about that at the, at the top of the hour. Here's what I want to share with you. Think about this. The number one problem, ready for this? The ever-increasing problem for you and me Getting closer to retirement, 50s, 60s, believe it or not, student loan debt. You say, what? How is that the case? Well, here, let's bring up the numbers because this is, I think, the best way for you to understand it. And and let me back up here because I want you to make sure you can give us a call at uh, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-99-RETIRE. Gives us us a call directly here into the studio. And even after hours, it'll go directly to our office as well. Uh, you can give us a call, easily walk through some questions, have some comments, some things that you're not sure about. Well, we're here. We'll see what we can do to help. Okay, ready? Here it is. I think this is an important figure on what we're trying to, to balance. More seniors are carrying student loan debt into their retirement years. The number that are 60 years or older with outstanding student loan debts have quadrupled over the past 10 years. 700,000 seniors, student loan debt in 2005. 700,000, all right. Today, or actually 2015, the latest numbers we have, 2.8 million people, according to a recent report from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. 2.8 million people are carrying student loans into retirement. Now, that matters a lot when you're trying to figure your retirement life, isn't it? The average amount of student loan debt among older borrowers has doubled to over $23,000. You got to remember this. The money that you are earning to pay back the student loan debt, you guys, that, that's not money that just, oh, I owe 500 a month, you earn 500 No, no, no. You have to make six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars $900. Pay taxes on portion, get the rest, give it to the government, student loan, company. You want to know something pretty scary? A lot of that debt, for many people, they never even finished school. They never finished college. And what they did is ended up in a position to where they have this debt without the ability to benefit from the reason of getting it. It's incredible. Who said this was a good idea? Who said this was a good idea to borrow money, take money out of the system, sit down and tell yourself, oh, I'm going to go and, oh, I don't know, go into debt so that when I become on a fixed income called Social Security and my pension, I'm going to have money left over. Why is that okay? Carrying student loan debt into your 60s or older can make it especially difficult for retirement. Here's one of the reasons, guys, because the federal loans, guess what they can do? Guess who the collection agency is for your student loan? It's called the IRS. And the federal government can and will attach your social security, your pension payments, your IRA uh, distributions, tax refunds. Do you understand that? The tax refunds, the social security payments that you were expecting to receive are seized if you cannot pay the student loan payments. Now, here's the good news, and and don't worry too much about it. It takes them a couple of years to catch up. 
So you might say, oh, okay, a couple of years to catch up. What's that mean? Oh, that only just means, (laughs) believe it or not, that, um, oh, there's fines, penalties, fees, interest. So you sometimes almost might want them to tell you or start taking it out sooner because otherwise they end up in a place where they are attaching your wages, causing you to lose some of your Social Security payment, sit down and say, how am I supposed to live when I'm 64, 5, 8? You've already been laid off. Maybe you're disabled. Maybe you can't work. And imagine the headache, the jumping through the hoops, all of the things that you have to do to try to get through the process of understanding why. Oh, I don't know. Why is your Social Security check less? In 2015, 870,000 people age 65 or older, 870,000. Today, folks, I'm going to venture it's right around a million people because we've got this exponential growth. Baby boomers went to school. See, look, if you were a baby boomer, right, 1946, 1964, you're that young person you went to college because your mom and dad said, finally, it's within reach. Remember, they send off the oldest son to college, right? That's what the farmers and the manufacturers and you know, the folks that worked in the factories, that's what they did. They sent off the oldest child, usually a son, and say, go find knowledge, bring it back. Today, what I'm saying is the purpose of college, the purpose of the university is no longer to impart knowledge. That conversation is over. It has gone the way of the wagon wheel. Oh, Arif, but they still do use wagon wheels and reenactment uh, events at, at uh, Civil War reenactment in, in Tennessee. Yeah, okay, great. So you make you know two wagon wheels a year. See how, see how you can live on that. The purpose of going to the university to obtain knowledge, it's over. It's gone. It's done. Don't think so, – so when we send our kids off to school, we have to convince ourselves – or when we go off to school – listen, if you're going to spend your own money – I don't care. I don't care. It's your money. You know, stay moral and ethical and, and, and honest. Fine. Go for it. I, that's okay. I don't care what you spend your money on. But if you're going to borrow money, which means spending my money and other people's money called taxpayer money, if you're going to borrow money to go to college because you think that's where knowledge exists, folks, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's now on your laptop, it's on your iPad, it's on your tablet, your, your Samsung S8, whatever. It's, it's there. It's, it's no longer far, far away. Okay, so now if knowledge comes to me, what is it that people send their kids off to college? Go into debt. Impact your retirement. In some cases, it's their retirement 20, 25, 30 years later. We had dinner with a, a doctor yesterday. He's nearly 50 years old. He said, Arif, I'm still paying student loan debt. Around $20,000 in student loan debt he still has left to pay at 50 years old. Folks, maybe he can write a check and pay it off. I understand. But, but isn't that like a yoke around your neck? Doesn't the Bible talk about not being in debt? I, I understand if, you're, if you have to do it to buy a home or you have to do it to... Okay, I get it. But now you have a choice. It's not about knowledge. So why are we sending our kids off to college? It's not a rhetorical question. I really think it's about this. Number one, I think because you've convinced yourself it's about something simple called the experience. The experience. We're going to send our kids off to school for the experience. All right. So what is the experience? Because you've now funneled the knowledge, filtered the knowledge through the viewpoint, right, through the lens of the professors, of the philosophical safe space <laughs> universities. I, I can't believe how insane that is. I mean, doesn't is there anybody left with common sense in academia? A few colleges, I guess. Hillsdale is one of them. The Master's University in Santa Clarita is another one. But it seems like we've, we're starting to lose this I'm offended so the world must revolve around me story. Once you say you're offended, you hold up a red card or, right, well, it's over. Give me a yellow card. Right in the military and boot camp. If you feel a little too much pressure, you hold up that blue card in the police academy. Don't don't stress them out. Oh, listen, I understand there's psychologists who, by the way, are from the same political extreme side of the aisle and viewpoints who say that's the best way to teach is in a real comfortable 
polo shirt, relaxed environment, and everybody just relaxing. Well, I guess if the real world is the same way, fine. But your tax refund and your social security is going to be withheld to pay the loan. Okay, here's how it works. Ready? Number one, uh, think carefully about paying for college for a relative. That includes your children. I'm going to give you some solutions in a little bit on how you can get to the place where you can uh, refinance debt out of your name, right? Out of your name into your children's name. It's called a parent plus loan. I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, But here's what's a very important part. When you're paying for college for a child or a grandchild, that is your burden. When you co-sign for that parent plus loan, the federal loan used to be called Stafford loan. Some of you um, might have those, but today it's called a little different name. I'll get to that. Don't co-sign for a student loan. Private student loan lenders often require student students that apply for the loans themselves to have a co-signer because, look, they know the kid is 18, 20 years old. They don't have a job. So why would I give them money? No, no, I'll give grandma who has half a million dollars in her IRA. I'll give, I'll give grandpa who has you know two apartment buildings paid off. Sure, I'll give him a loan. Because if the grandchild gets a job in uh, Trader Joe's or, or, or Ralph's grocery store in a wonderful position, great jobs, but they didn't need the college degree for that. So now they're in the same position they would have been, but with fifty or 150000 in, in student loan debt. I'll give you an example. A client recently came in, two children, boy and a girl, both went to UC Santa Barbara, $120,000 in student loan debt. $120,000 each. For a UC school, for a degree in, in education, I think one of them is a teacher. That's fantastic. But you could have gotten that same degree, right? If you work for the LA Unified or the uh, Buena Park Unified School, did work for that school district? Does it matter if you went to Harvard or Cal State? Does it matter if you did two years at a community college before going on to a Cal State? It doesn't matter at all. What matters is your ability to say, oh, and I have a college degree and I'm going to be an educator. Because you all get paid the same, right? It's a schedule. It's a, it's a matrix. It's a graph that says if you have this many years of service, this degree, you get to this position, here you are, here's your, here's your pay. Regardless of whether you went to Harvard or Yale or it doesn't matter. Which, by the way, we have a client who undergrad at Harvard and grad degree at Yale and she's an educator. <laughs> same same thing. Nothing changes. 888-99-RETIRE. You have a question on uh, student loans, some of the carrying this debt into retirement. 888-99-RETIRE. All right. When I say co-sign for a loan, or let me give you the numbers too. 888-997-3847. 997-3847-888-99-RETIRE. Okay. To sum it up, if you owe money to the IRS, a federal student loan program for back child support, uh, they will go through, take some of your social security. And you want to know what's even more insane with this? Let's say you are in your 40s or your 50s and you're working on trying to manage this debt, right? The situation. One of the more interesting parts to this conversation, folks, is they sit down and they can suspend or, or uh, cancel any licenses that the government has, in other words, if you're an RN, you're in state boards. You have to have a state license. They can cancel it. You have a contractor's license, a driver's license, an insurance license. If you're a financial guy, gal, if you have a license to do anything that the government has to give its blessing on, you can have that license canceled, which means, look, you might say, oh, or if it has to get pretty bad. Oh, you mean like fines and interest and penalties and fees that you couldn't pay the initial payment to begin with, and now you're stuck trying to pay for stuff that you couldn't afford to begin with? It's insane. So you have to be very careful because carrying student loan debt into retirement, I think, is that we are just at the beginning. We've been preaching about this for years. We are now at one3 trillion dollars a year and a half ago we were one trillion dollars in student loan debt about a year and a half maybe two years by now within the past two years student loan debt has increased 30 percent one trillion to 1.3 trillion parent plus loans 
Folks, they will give this stuff out like candy. It's a very simple process. Think of it just as this. If I go to the malls on Black Friday and I take my credit card, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, no prejudice here, and I go there and I buy a $1,000 worth of items and I swipe that credit card, here's how it works. The store gives me those items. Visa gives the store not $1,000, about 980 960 let's say. So it gives the store almost all that I, am, that I bought for. Then I turn around and my responsibility is now to Visa or to MasterCard or American Express. They have said, we'll take the, we'll take the risk with Arif and we're going to send him a bill every month. The schools are no different. The schools said, we don't care. Government, you guys take the responsibility. Government, you pay us. The kid is now responsible to you, government. And guess what? The cost of education keeps going up and up and up and up. The cost of education is higher anytime the government gets involved with things. Look at health care. We told you this. 15 years I've been on the radio. I told you this. And so did thousands of other people. That if the government got involved with health care, price was going to go up. We said this with education 21 years ago when I started in this business. I'm Eric Hallaby. We're going to continue to the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE. We'll be back in just a minute on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Welcome back to the show. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby on AM 870, The Answer. All right, we're talking about student loans and the government getting involved with education. It seems like everything they touch, just about, I mean, there's a couple of examples where they don't, but, but everything that they touch, because it's such a large bureaucracy, it's not that difficult. It's all about math. We say math and logic, right? One plus one is two. Add 15 bureaucrats and mix in a little bit of uh, oh, I don't know, rules, regulations that change all the time and a few pensions and uh, incredible benefits, by the way, for the federal government if you can get a job there. And by the time it's all said and done, oh, great. Imagine that. The cost of whatever it is has to go up. Hey, we've got a caller on the line. We have Andrew. Let's see if I can pull you up, Andrew. Uh, we'll pull you up here in just a second. Uh, Andrew, you on the air from Los yes, Angeles? Sir, I'm here. Hi, Andrew. What's your question, sir? Good morning. Hey, Eric. Um, good morning, man, and happy holidays. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure, man. So I was actually listening in this morning, and I thought that you were making a couple of great poignant uh, points with regards to, you know, not assuming debt, and uh, if it's really not necessary, if you're going to be, you know, doing a job that's pretty standard, and it doesn't necessarily require, you know, private education at a higher level. I do agree with that. One of the things that I did take exception with, though, was the fact that you said that when government gets involved, um, you know, since uh, the government is pretty bulky, that it's inefficient and it doesn't work. But one of the uh, 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 one of the examples that I would like to point to is the VA, though, is, you know, I think that that's a stellar model of government involvement, government service, and, you know, operating at a high level, you know, with regards to giving service to VAs that actually go and, you know, need the service. I, you what know what? You I, I would almost agree with you if you if you take away the scandals from Phoenix, Dallas, oh, yeah. Los Angeles, Definitely. Cincinnati, oh, the, the one out in the Chicago. But other than that, the, you know, their ability to, to have people sit on those waiting lists and but but I mean, you're, okay. from a healthcare standpoint, and and you know what? Here, I, I actually agree with you, Andrew. I think I think if the VA system, if you're thinking from a healthcare standpoint, if the VA system exists in connection with a veteran's ability to go to a local place, I'll give you a good example. There's a veteran that I know out in the Antelope Valley, and the only ability that he had to get services was hundreds of miles away. But the same services right. existed right down the street. Right, exactly. And I mean, what you really have to do in a situation where the government is involved is marry it with those private institutions. Now, you know, um, 
veterans should be able to go out of network, and that's a great point. But when you think about the healthcare aspect, you know, there are advancements in medicine that the VA and doctors that work with the VA discover all the time. And I think that, you know, when you talk about education, you know, to kind of bring it back into the fold of the original topic, when you think about education, we do have government uh, involvement, but there's also private institutions. Now, um, I'm from L.A. Look at a private institution like USC. Yes. They get students there that get financial aid, financial funding, but they also get students there that, you know, come from uh, really high-earning families that are in private education. And I think that the combination of the both is why that institution is not only able to be one of the leading in academia and research and fellowships and continue research after uh, students graduate, but also, you know, it's really one of the top-regarded um, universities is really prestigious. And I think that, you know, that's a combination of not only uh, uh, the people that attend, but the socioeconomic dynamics that are there. So here's so you bring up a good point. Yeah, so you bring up a good point, Andrew, and we're going to have to let you go on this topic because we're just getting a little bit late. But one of the things that really matters, I think, when you combine the government and you combine the private sector, the moment uh-huh. any institution decides that they are going to accept private money or, or sorry, public money, it changes everything. That means the moment they say, I am going to accept money from FAFSA uh, programs, right, through the, through the federal government, you now have to abide by certain rules. You are now on the hook. You are now part of the system. Hillsdale College is one of the few. I know there are a few out there, but Hillsdale College, why are they so uh, efficient? Why are they so well-regarded with what they do? And it's out in Michigan, Hillsdale. This isn't an uh, advertisement for them. But I want you to know that there are institutions that can exist without the federal government. And if you keep a level playing field and you say to the students, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make, and Andrew, you hit it on the head when you said the diversity. Imagine for a minute the burden. Imagine for a minute the the misguided uh, situations when you go to a, a minority student and you say, hey, listen, uh, don't worry. We're going to give you some scholarship money, which is great. Okay, fine. You're academically done very well, and but you come from an underprivileged family, so we're going to give you student loans. Do you think this young person has any clue on how to manage, pay for, or even what that means, student loans? My contention is no, and I don't think it's just you know a minority student or a, or a poor student. Forget it. Most young people. Unless you grew up in a family where all you talked about at the dinner table were mergers, acquisitions, uh, credit card debt, two-cycle billing, and uh, you know mutual funds along with the derivatives, right? You're sitting there going, Eric, my eyes are rolling back, and yet I still have to drive. So what I say is that most of these young people have no clue how they're supposed to manage these debts. Ask them. You know, one of the great conversations I had recently uh, about this topic was with a a couple, and and we were talking about it, and here's where it came to be. I said, you know what the new shame is? The new private shame is student loan debt. You walk into a room, everybody's got beautiful watches, purses, everything looks good. Man, her hair, she must have just had it done, how beautiful that is. Boy, he looks amazing. Look at those shoes, must be $300 shoes. Oh, look at, look at that car they just drove up in, whether they paid cash or it's a lease or it's their cousins or they borrowed it from an enterprise, whatever. But look at him. And he talks socially aware. Pet doggies. Eat vegan. And don't worry about, uh, oh, I don't know, social justice. And everything is so politically, and everybody nods. And the room is real quiet. People agree. The self-righteousness exists. And privately, each son of a gun in that room is sitting there going, how did I end up getting hosed for 58000 in student loan debt? How shameful it is that I have to pay this back for the next 25 years. Why is it that I'm working in a field because 70%, 7 out of 10, just for the, the math challenge, 7 out of 10 do not even work in the field in which they earned their degree? I don't make these rules. Here's the solution, right? We talked about it. I don't want you co-signing for anybody's student loan. 
I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's your kids. Set a limit. $10,000. That's it. $10,000. But dad, mom, go to community college. Now listen, if you've been blessed to save since the kids were little, let them go to a four-year university. If they've been blessed to be a, a child actor or they, they have their own business and they're, they're working, you saved up money, they saved up money, Christmas, birthday presents, got it. Let them do whatever they want. It's their money. But if you were like me and my parents were worried about food, shelter, clothing, and I don't mean worried, they did an amazing job about food, shelter, clothing. They took care of not just me and my sisters, but they took care of an entire family, oh, about 40 plus, from Lebanon in the middle of the Civil War. We were worried about how many people we could fit in a, an 1,100-square-foot house while my dad was getting the, the men jobs and my mom was helping getting the kids ro- enrolled into school and getting their paperwork filled out. Nobody said, oh, by the way, we should be saving $274 a month so that Arif could go to a four-year college right off the bat. We were worried about other things. A lot of people are in that situation. Number one, I want you to never depend on a payment. Communicate, communicate, communicate. You call the lender. Talk to them. Say, listen, hey, here's my situation. I understand that, that I owe $265 next month. I can't afford it. Consider going into an income-driven repayment plan. Some types of loans are eligible. Not all of them, but some are. And they'll help reduce your payment to an amount that's appropriate with your income. There's kind of minimums and there's maximums. could be down as low as zero. Because some of these loan programs have a 20-year time frame. That means the remainder is forgiven after 20 years. So based on your income, every year you fill out a form. It says, okay, based on your income, the amount of people in your household, uh, et cetera, and some other factors, here is your payment, $217 a month, whatever. You make that payment. For 240 times, right, 20 years, it's not very long, you make that payment for 20 years and 20 minutes later, or if you die in between now and then, it is forgiven. Whatever's left, maybe you didn't have enough to pay the interest each year, it doesn't matter, it's gone. And you might be able to even consolidate or refinance your loan and pay a lower rate going forward. Here's what I mean for this. Here's how you refinance a parent plus loan into your child's name. I think this is one of the biggest solutions I can offer you today because total financial solutions, that's what we're about. It's not just addressing the problem and beating it up. Everybody's pretty good at, you know, pointing the plank out in somebody else's eye, but let's talk about this. As a parent, you may have taken out parent plus loans. We understand why, of course. But as you're getting closer to retirement and your kids are now graduated, they have their own job, they have their own career, maybe their own home, their own children, whatever. I want you to meet with them and say, here's, what, here's the part that, that's pretty important. Number one is we can get a lower interest rate by refinancing it over into the child's name. Number two is it comes off of your credit. You no longer have an issue where you are trying to pay this bill and be stuck in, a, in this loop and trying to figure out, uh, you know, can I qualify for my vacation home? I'm trying to buy my retirement home. We want to buy the RV. Why are we paying a higher interest rate for this RV? We're 60 years old. Our credit is perfect. Well, it's because you have the student loan debt hanging over you. As one of our clients said once, it's like having a house payment without the house. $1,200 a month was that particular lady's monthly payment. Yep, it was law school. Great. Big career. $1,200 a month, which means you have to make. 1500 1800 2000 pay your payroll tax, your state income, federal income tax. Oh, and then you get $1,200 left. So about $1,800 or $2,000 worth of effort has to be created just so you can end up with paying a $1,200 payment. So to alleviate the financial burden, what I'm thinking is Parent Plus borrows can even, if you can't refinance, if your kid's Say, oh, no, or if you're embarrassed, some parents are. They don't share all their financial stuff with their kids. I want you to consider what's called an income contingent repayment plan. And if your, your student, your child, if it's, if it's your kid, works in a public service, there's a loan forgiveness program that's 10 years long. Okay, here's some of the details. 
I'm going to give you some general ideas. Of course, you're going to check this out. But if you're a police officer, firefighter, nurse, a doctor, social worker, and something else, and you're working in particular areas, particular fields, you could have 120 payments or 10 years, but you have to make those payments on time. So that means you make 120 payments based on your income. Remember, I told you this. Here's the I told you so. They're going to pay you with the left hand when you're a public service employee. They're going to give you amazing pensions because we promised. And then they're going to take it right back in taxes. They'll give it with the left hand, take it with the right hand. That's what they're going to do. And this is another example of that. Yep. They'll give it to you with the left hand, but now it's an income-based repayment plan. Meaning the more income you make, the higher the payment. Here's how we transfer it. Parent plus loans are, are made directly to a parent, just to kind of fill you in. P-L-U-S plus stands for a, a parent loan. Okay, and there's, some, there's a whole acronym there. The way things are set up now through the Department of Education, parents cannot transfer loans to a child just solely on the responsibility. It's like me buying a house and saying, uh, you know, I have a 30-year loan on the house. I don't want it anymore. I'm going to give it to Jeff. Here you go. Here's my loan. It's like, great. The bank said we didn't know him. We didn't give him the loan. He can refinance it in his name. You can sell it to him. You can do whatever you want. But right now, Arif, you are the one that's responsible for that loan. Not anybody that you just one day say, here's the loan. The bank has to agree. The other side has to say, I'm willing to make that change. So even though the current loan is in the child's, is in the parent's name, the child actually has to fill out an application with his or, for, his or her income, your information, your school. And you ready for this? The degree in which you earn. If you want to refinance debt out of your name as a parent into the name of your child and get rid of it so it's no longer part of your credit report and part of your responsibility, the degree in which your child earn the lender, not the government, right? The government doesn't care because it wants everybody to be happy, healthy, and, and you know, hug a unicorn. They don't care. <laughs> what the? But a private lender, I'm going to say, wait a second. You got a degree in feminism studies of Western Africa in the 20th century. That's wonderful. What the heck does that have to do with making a, a, a getting a job? Well, Eric, if I could teach, wonderful. Three degrees from now, you'll teach bachelor's, master's, PhD. Now you can teach the same subject you just earned a degree, degree in, but you're not a good credit risk to me, right? Well, I'm not going to get paid on this loan for what 15 years. By the time you're done with all this stuff, get a couple deferments in there, get laid off, try your job, get this, get that. So why would I give you a, now? You tell me it's a STEM, right? Science, technology, engineering, mathematics, something like that. I'm okay with that. Science, biology, I love it. Because I know that in no time you're going to get a job in that field, or at least that degree will lead you somewhere. So you have a much better chance of being somebody who can refinance a parent loan if your child has a degree in a, okay, I'm going to say it, legitimate field. But Eric, if you don't understand, there was midterms and field trips and we watched videos. It was a very difficult class. Yes, yes, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Right? Movie stuff. What was that? <laughs> I love this one. Um, interracial relationships in cinema in the 20th century. Okay. Really? I mean, listen, you want to take that as an elective because it's cool or fun or you're interesting. Great. But you're now just getting a degree to get a degree. You just get, you're just going to school to stay out of the real world. Work and accountability because the safe spaces are wonderful for you. Right And the gyms, have you seen the gyms in some of these colleges, you guys? Holy moly. It makes it look like it's some sort of a, oh, I don't know, country club. It's, it's incredible. Because remember, they are no longer the places that contain knowledge. You understand that? How powerful that is. You are borrowing from your future social security check, retirement income, uh, ability to live, you're borrowing from that future so that you can pay for your kids today not to get knowledge because it's right in front of them on their little phones. So why? I think they do it specifically for one reason and one reason only. Their goal is to 
direct the type of knowledge. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE. Okay, here we go. 888-997-3847. I need you to look at this because each lender will have its own eligibility requirements. The children still have to qualify. They have to prove they have the financial means. They have uh, the track record. It's kind of an important thing. Here's what needs to happen. Ask your child first, is this something that you're willing to do? If you can do it before, no problem, son, no problem, my daughter, I will take out a loan on the Parent Plus program. I'll do that to help meet the needs so you can attend whatever college you want to attend. But here are the rules. You have to do this. You have to maintain at least this this, uh, GPA. You have to work in this field. You have to take over the loan at 26, 28, whatever it is. Take over the loan. Get your chance to get out of college. I'll make the payments for a little while. Agree to this ahead of time and make sure the kids understand. Now, look, back to the beginning. If you can afford this all day long, I don't care. I love it. Your money, write a check. You want to, you, you can afford the, you make 25000 a month and the payment is $450 a month. Great. Make the payment, pay it off, whatever you want to do. What I'm talking about is the average middle class person who can't afford to retire and carry these student loan debts from themselves or their children. Because remember here, just in case you forgot, 10 years ago, we went from 700,000 people that were 60 years or older, 10 years ago, had student loan debt. Today, 2.8 million people. Actually, these numbers again are 2015. 2.8 million people that are 60 years or older have student loan debt. Around $70 billion in student loan debt. And what it did is it transferred. So in other words, what happened was the government paid the school. You now have to pay back the government. So the school washes its hands. And remember, the school gets a discount. They don't always charge the full amount. So they, they receive less money. So what do they do? They raise the price. They raise the price so that they can afford it. I remember when I was looking at getting solar at my house in the 1990s uh, for water heater and, and because we had a propane, we were up in the mountains. So I thought, you know, what if we had that solar thing? And all right. So I called the guy out and he came and he said, well, you know, uh, here's the cost. It was, I think, $11,000. It's a tiny house. I said, okay, 11000 I could probably do that. Not now, but maybe. Okay. And then the government came out with these rebates. It was like $4,000 or $2,500 federal rebate, state rebate. And it was like thousands of dollars in rebate money. So by the time it was over, I thought, you know, that minus 11000 I can afford to write a check for the difference. So I called up the guy. He came back out. I said, hey, remember a couple of years ago we were going to do this? Uh, how much does it cost? What he did is he took the 11000 and added the rebate on top of that. So suddenly it was 17000 I think. I was like, but, but what happened? He, he said, well, I understand you get a rebate. Well, yes, I get a rebate. That's what the government gives me. But why did you raise the price? Of, because it, and he said, well, simply this, because we can. So the left, my, my socialist friends will say, well, we should put rules, regulations, and restrictions on that man and not let him do that. The right says, well, stop giving taxpayer money from, from the guy down the street to the guy who wants to put solar. If they want to put solar, put solar. If you don't want to put solar, don't put solar. Well, it affects everybody. Oh, really? My solar friends, the mathematic majors, March and April of 2017, that's now, that's this year, March and April, the state of California gave away excess energy to other states. We produced more energy with all of this craziness to keep people employed, right? Watching four people dig one guy dig a hole, keeping all of our water and power and and electric uh, solar generating, all of these people employed. And in March and April, we gave away electricity. But I bet you still paid a bill, didn't you? The other states, do you understand the other states locally, Arizona, Nevada, Washington, they paid less money. Why? Because we gave them electricity for free. You've got to think about this for a second, folks. 
When the government gets involved in stuff, it messes it up. Not always. It has to guard our borders. It has to protect and put the military in place. But student loans, folks, will be the death of many of your retirements. We are seeing an ever-increasing amount of clients whose retirement accounts are nice and healthy, and they have risk and fees and they don't want them. That's what we're here for. If you are paying fees in your retirement account, our job is to help eliminate those. You do not need to lose money. If you've made a profit in your account, it's time to take some of that off the table, guys. Buy low, sell high. I, don't, I didn't make that up. How many of you are getting calls from your broker? Hey, listen, it's higher than we bought it. We're at all-time highs. We should be selling. Your brokers aren't going to tell you that. No more than the government's going to tell you. You know, I think you have too much in student loan debt. They both are going to let you be the lamb down to the slaughter, aren't they? Well, Total Financial Solutions is here for you. 888-99-RETIRE. That number works during the week at any time. You can even leave a message at the office now, and we'll pick it up tomorrow morning. 99-RETIRE, so 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby. You've been listening to the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Thanks for being with us. The Total Financial Hour, featuring Arif Halaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher income strategies with a conservative approach. Protecting your principal and your earnings while getting you reasonable gains and reliable income, making you confident of your retirement income planning. Arif Halaby has your answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.